On Sunday, the 9th of August, the citizens of the Republic of Belarus went out to vote. But as the results rolled in, a landslide victory for the sitting president, Alexandra Lukashenko, protests broke out, denouncing the elections as fraudulent. Protests continue, the biggest in the country's history. Many say they will not rest until Lukashenko is gone. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, the fight for democracy on the streets of Belarus. President Lukashenko, an ally of Russia, is often called Europe's last dictator. He's been in power for 26 years, keeping much of the economy in state hands and using censorship and police crackdowns against his opponents. The country's secret police retains its Soviet moniker, the KGB. Two weeks ago, Lukashenko claimed to have won his sixth term with 80% of the vote. He did away with term limits in 2004. The Belarus president, Alexander Lukashenko, will be giving his annual State of the Nation address later today, just days before he faces the toughest election of his 26 years in power. He's expected to claim victory in Sunday's vote and has warned opponents not to challenge the results. This election was supposed to be different. These are the Belarusians seeking change. And on Thursday, they were out in the streets once again to show support for presidential candidate Svetlana Tikhanovskaya. Svetlana Tikhanovska, a political novice, a teacher and former housewife, was running against him. She'd stepped into the race when her husband was arrested and barred from running. She gathered momentum and had incredible popular support. After the elections, she fled abroad, evidently fearing for the safety of her family. In the weeks that followed, thousands were arrested, many were beaten. We've been following four young Belarusians as they watch their country change forever. As you may know, everything started on the 9th of August, which was the election day. Actually, it was a nice day. When we were at the vote place, it was fantastic to see people voting for Tikhanovska. It was possible to notice that because of the papers that they were holding in a special way. When we were coming back home, my mom proposed to drink even a bottle of champagne because we started celebrating the new president in the country, which is Tikhanovska. Alexandra Yushkovich, she goes by Sasha, is a chemistry student in her last year of university in Minsk. 
the capital. She went back home to Kobrin, a small town in western Belarus, to cast her ballot on election day. Unfortunately, at the end of the day, we ran out of the internet. The internet connection was blocked in the whole country. We couldn't get any information from anywhere. I even turned on the TV for the first time, maybe in the last five years, to look for an independent TV channel just to follow the news. Meanwhile, in central Poland, Ksenia Tarasovich, a Belarusian journalist for Belsat TV, was desperately trying to make contact with her friends on the ground. So it's it's 8 p.m., the voting is over, and internet is working really poorly. I can understand that because of the messages of my friends who are trying to be in contact, but they always keep on texting that shit, shit, internet doesn't work. Can you try this VPN shit? It doesn't work anymore. Another VPN, another proxy, they're sharing the links. Then the protests were starting. I was thinking that they're going to be like special forces. They're going to beat us. But we are going to be numerous. They're going to be like lots of us. So they can beat easily 100,000 of people. Yeah. In Minsk... The protests were massive, and the streets full of riot police. But even in sleepy Kobrin, Sasha noticed that things were starting to escalate. I could hear the voices of people outside. They were really loud, and they were trying to attract people, joining them and coming to the square. You see, I come from a really small town, which is 50,000 people. And I've never seen so many people come into the square. The atmosphere was incredible. When we came to the square, the military men came out. There were maybe 35 people with shields. We were staying in the square just looking at each other. I was nervous about my friends. I just didn't know what to do. I tried to phone them and I couldn't reach all of them. And I I phoned my friend uh, from Baranovich. Luckily, Natasha answered me. I could hear the grenades exploding. And I could hear her voice just being nervous. Natasha told me that in Minsk, the military forces applied bullets the rubber bullets, they applied the grenades, and I was shocked. Around the midnight, there were first messages about the rubber rubber bullets. That was the time when, when tears appeared into, in my eyes, because I've never think that things like this could happen in my country, in my motherland. I'm trying to work and I'm really happy that I, I'm working at the moment because it helps me to to concentrate, to not to be too emotionally involved. But it doesn't work that easily. Sometimes I really want to cry because I can't see all these videos. Like I, I try to reach my colleagues, I call them and it's so hard to hear when we were talking like, oh shit, I need to I need to run away because it's like they kind of throwing a grenade into me. But even more people came to the square. 
When they came, after three minutes of standing on the square, they applied the bullets and uh, they applied the grenades. That was my very first time in my life to hear the explosion of grenades in real life. I could hear it really, really loudly. The whole town could hear it loudly. It was really scary and uh, no one could, uh, could understand why we deserved it. Because people did nothing. People just came there peacefully. The sound of grenades and rubber bullets was heard around the country the night after the election. And in Poland, Ksenia hardly slept. Some 3,000 demonstrators were arrested. And though Ksenia wasn't physically in Belarus, she was sifting through thousands of messages, videos and telegram channels, clips of police violence and demonstrators showing their wounds. 10th of August, Monday. So it's 8 a.m. and I'm finally home at my place in Poznan. I hugged my boyfriend. He hugged me back. I understand that things are really, really bad. I got a message from a friend. He took part in, in the protest in his hometown. He said that people were not afraid even when police were shooting gas into their faces. It sounds inspiring. You know, by super weird coincidence, it's my birthday, but I don't have any type of a birthday moon. All I want to do is just sit, sleep, and cry. But I keep all my shit together and trying to be strong. Those first couple of days after the election were chaotic, scary, and violent. Riot police patrolled the streets. Protesters went missing and weren't heard from for days. The internet didn't work. Cell phone service was disrupted. On Monday, a further 2,000 protesters were arrested. One was killed. And in Grodno, a city in western Belarus, Evgeny Ganshitz, a 27-year-old project manager, was feeling uneasy. Today is August 12th, the third day after the elections. I was passing by one of the streets near which I grew up and the thought caught my mind that never before was I afraid to walk out of my house, to pass by the street. But right now I was walking uh, through the corner and I had to look left and right to make sure that there are no police and nothing dangerous is happening. And only then I went and I also see that other people are doing something similar. So that really caught my attention that you're now afraid to pass through the streets that you are so familiar with that you would never have thought that anything like this may have happened. Hi, my name is Tanya. I'm 30 and now I am in Vitebsk, Belarus. That's Tatiana, or Tanya, Alipchikova, a PR manager and journalist. On August 12th, she was in Vitebsk, in northeastern Belarus, visiting her husband. She normally lives in Mogilev, a two-hour drive away. And right now I'm planning to go on a peaceful protest, but I don't know if I'm back home tonight or not, because no one can say exactly what will happen. Um, 
During these days, I'm laughing because of stress. I can't cry, even though all what is happening now is absolutely terrible and there are no words to express my feelings and feelings of people who live in Belarus. Our authorities try to frighten us. They kill protestants. They put people, innocent people who do absolutely nothing illegal and wrong, they put them to jails. There are around 5,000 people arrested all over the country during these days. And we are really stressed and I hope I'm back and I will record something else, something more informative, but I'm not sure if I'm back tonight. This is the last dictatorship in Europe and it must be gone. We cannot live like this anymore. It's not a life. It's something like hell. If the hell exists, I guess. Живи Беларусь. Hi, that's me, Sasha. Today is August the 13th. It feels so different today. Because people understood that there is a lot of pain inside them. And uh, there are other ways they can fight for the freedom. Let's call it a flower revolution. Because now, if you go to any street in any Belarusian city or town or a village, you will definitely face a woman holding flowers. Yes, now we have women fighting against police brutality. Now we have women expressing just the support to the detained people. Now we have women expressing their love and their care and their kindness. If you go out to the streets in any Belarusian town and city, you will feel love. It's incredible atmosphere. I've never felt it before and I just don't understand why one day I feel really bad and I feel really scared and next day I feel so proud of the country where I live. I feel so proud of the people who surround me as I've never been before. I don't know. I really hope I really hope it works. And I have a feeling inside. That's a good feeling. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On August the 14th, the authorities released around 2,000 people. There were claims of torture. Ksenia was talking to some of those who had just been released. 
Saturday, the 15th of August. This day was probably one of the hottest. I talked to a girl. She was detained and kept in detention center like for five days. I I read her read her notes that she sent me. It was so hot for me. I was I was crying like almost in like every five minutes. Oh gosh. I I never I never thought that that things like this could be possible in a country where there is no war. I've never had such thing that tortures would be so close to me in my life. She told me things like that she wasn't fed in four days, that she was kept in a cell, which is for like four people. There were 36. They should sit like in some, they, they sat in lines. They have no water, they have no food. They were sometimes beaten up. Now I think of myself as kind of a recorder. I'm not a journalist, I'm, I'm just a person who's going to record and say for the history, probably for all those stories that should be heard. The situation varied across the country. While authorities in Minsk were cracking down, in Grodno, things weren't looking so bad. The police and local authorities seemed willing to cooperate with demonstrators. This is Evgeny on August the 15th. Yesterday we had uh, the biggest protest ever so far happening in the city. About 30,000 people gathered on the main square where the Lenin statue is based. The largest employers of the town, the huge construction plants and the chemical plants, the employees from them came with a very big flag white, red, white flag, about 100 meters long, I think, so I don't know how they managed to sue it, but it looked really grand, and they stood on the square just next to Lenin, who was the leader of the communist revolution, it was so motivating, you know, when the huge crowd was coming from these plants, and people were applauding and them, you know, cheering them on. Yay, 16th of August, Sunday. Finally, day off. I feel myself so happy because I woke up at like 9 a.m. It's not need to hide, no need to be in rush. Just lying, relaxing. We went to a park, look into the river, listen to the birds. You know, this is really delightful when you can just sit. Don't. Just relax, have a bit time for yourself. I'm really happy that I, I have like resources not to be worried so much. Although I found a person that he, when he found out that I'm from Belarus, he was like, oh, why are you here in town and drinking beer and not, and not like grieving? I was like, really surprised by this point of view. I mean, wow, I'm kind of working 12 hours a day and grieving this time. I'm seeing news where people that are beaten up like really heavily. And this guy is telling me that I should be grieved, but it's so exhausting and it's so self-destroying. If I'm be grieving, 
all this time I guess I'll be dead mentally in a few weeks yeah and there was a huge 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 rallies all over the country probably the hugest in the whole modern history I'm really proud and now I feel like the end is really near although I wasn't there but I can feel it even through the pictures even through the videos through the messages everyone is there everyone is against Lukashenko holds power legally so all he needs to do is just run away August the 16th a week on from the election tens of thousands of people gathered in Minsk and other cities in the largest ever demonstrations in the country earlier that day Lukashenko had dismissed calls for a new election and compared those who opposed him to rats but the opposition was undeterred towards the end of that first week police violence had subsided Grodno gathered i think around 30,000 people people went from the main square where uh, in walking distance straight through the roads right to the Lenin statue people passing uh, blocked the cars blocked the public transport um, you know everyone of them were clapping showing the victory sign then also we all sang as a crowd to Viktor Tsoi who's a quite quite famous russian uh, singer so we sang to his uh, song about the change which is basically an unofficial anthem right now uh, for all things happening this protest seemed to have gathered lots of employees of state owned enterprises which formed the core of previously Lukashenko's base now i think what we saw is that all of them are going for strike so far they've been striking for 3 days by august the 17th the opposition had called for a general strike across the country tanya returned home hi first of all i would like to say thanks to everyone who has been supported our nation but we haven't completed our mission we are tired and we are fighting against it we organize peaceful manifestations and protests and it's incredible how many people work in the streets i have never seen this amount of people at the same place never ever in my life like yesterday in minsk there were around 300,000 people or even more and it's amazing it looks like a holiday we are all so kind to each other we respect each other we help each other there are people who bring water and uh, we talk we smile now i have the feeling that we will win because love always wins and now belarus is full of love Hey hey, Evgeny here. It's August 17th. Since yesterday, the biggest plants in Belarus, the Minsk vehicle tractor plant and others in other cities joined the nationwide strike. They formed the strike committees, something that didn't happen since the early 90s, and they're coordinating what the strike should look like across the country. Покрупняку. 
нужен был повод для того, чтобы вы кричали «Уходи!». Хороший повод. The biggest event of yesterday was Lukashenko's visit to the uh, tractor plant, the one which started striking yesterday, because that's the biggest and one of the most important state-owned enterprises. So he went to calm people down and tell them that if you strike, you won't have anything to eat, and that international producers will take your space in our market, which will bring our economy to ruins. So his speech was led with uh, whistles from the crowd and with the shouts, go away, go away. Uh, Lukashenko didn't take it well. He said that we had our elections, and the result is clear. And if you want me gone, you'll have to kill me. Later, the entire country started saying that, well, we won't kill you physically, we will kill you economically and financially by our strike. He's starting to lose it slowly because his responses were very abrupt and in this regard. And he finished his speech by saying that now I'm done, I'm leaving, and you can start shouting, go away, go away. Sunday, 23rd of August. It's a big rally in Minsk today. Another one. I'm trying not to be too much online and too much watching the news. You don't need to know everything. We have too much information on what's going on. My telegram is kind of booming. I've got like hundreds of messages at the same time. This is crazy. I hope when it's all over, I'll just unsubscribe of all those channels and can go back to my normal conversation with friends. It seems that rally was like super big. It was around 200,000 people only in Minsk. It's like a 10% of the whole population of the city. So I guess we are into the middle of something. But now I'm more than sure that we will win. The revolution will win. Lukashenko won't, won't be lasted. He, his day are his days are over. Now I'm hundred percent sure. The next day, Monday, Tanya wasn't so sure. It has been two weeks after the elections. I'm so angry, and I'm also so tired. But I'm trying not to tell any of my friends about it because I don't want to demotivate anyone. Because this is not the end. And I'm, I'm not sure if the end is really near, because this person, he doesn't want to live. You know, he has been saying that he loves his country, that he loves his nation, but I don't see it, he hates us. Sometimes we feel like, yeah, we're winning, wow, so much happiness, so much happiness. And then, when this amazing government makes another stupid statement we are like oh my god and it's depressing 
And sometimes it feels like there is no hope. But the other day I was like, no way, we will not let him do it again. fairy tales the kindness and injustice always win so as this fairy tale came true for Belarus this year you've been listening to stories of our times with me Manveen Rana and our contributors Alexandra Yushkovich, Ksenia Tarasevich, Evgeny Ganchitz, and Tatiana Alipchikova. The producer was Asia Fuchs, with production help from Edward Drummond, and the executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Falcon Kisseltuk. Music by Breakmaster Cylinder and Ketzer. If you get a chance, please do leave us a review. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, and now we're also available on the Times Radio app, along with all the other podcasts from the Times. To download the app, search for Times Radio in the App Store. See you tomorrow. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.